Welcome to our Wednesday night teaching podcast, brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. And now, this week's teaching. All right, you guys can turn to Psalm 55. A little bit of a longer one than what we've had recently. We're going to jump right into this thing. It's a... uh, David is, is once again kind of down in the dumps. You're having a rough time. We've, in some ways, we've had kind of a break from that, from some of the Psalms. You know, early on, there was, it seemed like it, it got kind of monotonous with the things David was going through. But, you know, in a lot of ways, that's life. You know, in, in a lot of ways, we, we do. We just run into situation and hardship after hardship after hardship, frustration after frustration. And we certainly see that God, God is aware of that. You know, he is, and he wants to see us through all of these. But let's, uh, let's read Psalm 55, starting in verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. You ever have moments like that where you just... It's like everything is against you and you just want to get away. But you can't check out from life. It just keeps coming. So David, in, uh, in the midst of the raging wind and tempest assailing him, uh, he expresses himself to the Lord. And verse 9, destroy, O Lord. Divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst, oppression and fraud. Do not depart from its marketplace, for it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive, for evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. 
Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Now, this is uh, primarily, you know, it's not just another one of David's, you know, people are coming against him, enemies are coming against him. Who, who is it coming against him here? It, it's a friend. It, it's a close companion. It, he's being betrayed. It's not just an enemy coming at him. It's somebody he wasn't expecting it from. Somebody that was close to him. Betrayal happens. You're never going to get away from it. And it happens in the church too. And that's what David is dealing with. He's being, you know, backstabbed by somebody in the church. And we look at it right there in, in verses 13 and 14, he says, my companion, my familiar friend, we used to, to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked in the throng. This was his buddy that he used to go to church with. I mean, they went to the temple and worshiped together. And now this person is, is violently opposing him. But you just need to know, I think the first thing we need to just do is accept that betrayal happens. Okay, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thought to think that maybe we're, we can get past having to deal with that in life, but we're just not. Because as long as we're engaged with other people, it's gonna happen. People are gonna turn against us. People we didn't think would ever turn against us are gonna turn against us. People we thought were our closest friends are gonna do things to, to hurt us, to harm us, to frustrate us, and we're never going to be exempt from that. And in fact, I mean, betrayal just by the, its very definition demands a close relationship with somebody. Your enemies don't betray you. They, they just are against you. But betrayal comes from somebody close. And even Jesus was not exempt from betrayal. You know, that was one of the defining things of his life was that he would be and was betrayed by someone close to him, someone he welcomed in, he invited them in. The difference is Jesus knew who it was that was going to betray him, and he loved him anyway. We don't know who it is that's going to betray us, and people that have betrayed us in the past, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. Would we be able to love them if we did? Be hard, hard thing to do. But Jesus, I mean, he loved Judas to the very end. And John even stresses that point. He says, knowing his own, he loved them to the end. And he did. So you just need to know, I mean, that's kind of the first joyful note of this psalm is that you will be betrayed. And just settle it now that you're okay with that. Don't let it throw you for a loop. Don't let the enemy win the battle in your mind and in your, in your heart over it because you know that that's just a part of the way life is in a fallen world with fallen people. But what do you do when you experience betrayal? You know, ultimately, David gives some very direct, very pointed advice in verse 22. He says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Isn't that a wonderful cliche that we have no idea what it actually means? People just say, well, give it to God. Okay. Then may not just pray about it and, and ask God to take it and that's the end of it. No, that's not it. Because if you've ever had some, sometimes somebody's betrayed you or somebody's harmed you and you've prayed about it one time, was that sufficient to deal with the issue? No. 
No, there are some things you've got to keep asking God to help you with for months, for years. For some, maybe the rest of your life, you're going to have to say, God, please help me to love them, help me to forgive them, help me to not take this offense on me personally, help me not to hold that grudge. So what do we do? These, these are the things that I think we, we frustrate believers when we tell them things like, well, you know, cast, it, cast that burden on the Lord. And we never really help them understand what that means. We've got to, so what does it mean? What does it mean to cast your burden on the Lord? How do you cast your burden on the Lord? One of the things we see David do here is he reminds himself that God hears and acts. Okay, you have to remind yourself that God hears you. Because you pray that first time for God to help you with that, that bitterness in your heart towards somebody else, and it doesn't go away, and you start thinking, man, is God even going to help me with this? <laughs> or am I just going to be dealing with this intensely for the rest of my life? No, you've got to remind yourself. Look at verse 16. He says, but I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. Did David just go to the Lord once? Nope. It's basically a figure of speech that means all day long. Evening, morning, noontime, breakfast, lunch, dinner, when I get up, when I lay down for a nap, when I go to bed at night, all day long, I'm pouring out my complaint and I know that God hears me. And you've got to say, I would encourage you to say those things out loud. It's good to affirm that just verbally to yourself. I know that God hears me. God, I know you hear me. Remind yourself that he hears and that he acts. He doesn't just hear silently and passively, but he hears and acts. Secondly, reflect on who God is. You know, I love when he, he says in verse 19, God will give ear and humble them. In other words, God will hear and do. He who is enthroned from of old. God is on the throne. He's the king. He's running this show. He's in charge and he can absolutely deal with everything, but we've got to reflect on who God is. You do. The more you reflect on how, how great God is, you begin to realize how, how small our problems are and how easy they are for him to take care of. I mean, really, the more you, you reflect on God and how good and powerful and loving he is, on how many things he's done in the past, you begin to realize, like, why, why am I even so worked up over this when you've, you've done this before? It's not hard for God. Nothing, I think it's, I don't remember which person it is that's speaking, one of the Old Testament prophets that just, you know, he's meditating on God and it just comes to the point that says, just nothing is too difficult for you. You know, it's just not, nothing is hard for God. We have some things that are easier for us than others. There's nothing harder or easier for God. It's just all as simple as him willing it and it's done. Third, remember past experiences with him. Remember, remember the times God has done it before. Maybe you need to write those things down. Maybe you just need to talk them over with somebody and just say, you know what? I was having this hard time here and, and God did this. And I was having that challenge and God came through here. I thought this was an impossible situation and God came through. Okay, the more you remember those things, the more it begins to to instill deeper within you 
that you know God is going to take care of this. It's his to deal with, not mine. And then fourth, I would say renew your mind ahead of time. You know, even in the times when life is great, be purposing to meditate on scripture. Memorize some scripture. Talk it over with people. Continue to build your trusting in God ahead of time before the betrayal happens. You know, again, when you're talking about an athlete, if they think they're going to wait till game day and go perform, it's not going to happen. That's why they have to practice, and they practice day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You know, um, they just do. They keep golfers, they keep working on their swing. You, you can't ever stop. So how do you cast your burden on the Lord? You, you renew your mind ahead of time. Remember your past experiences with God. Reflect on who he is as the king of all creation and remind yourself that he does hear you and that he does act. If you do those, those four things, and that's by no means any kind of an exhaustive list, but as you're doing those things, that is putting your burden on him. It's taking it off of yourself and saying, God, this is yours, and I want you to handle this for me because I can't do it on my own. It's removing the burden. I mean, think of the, just a real image. If you had a burden, you, you take it off and you put it on him. But that's not something, again, you can just do one time and think it's going to be over with. It's got to be a habit and a process that we keep doing. But when we're betrayed and we do cast that burden on the Lord, we have a promise of what's going to happen. He says that uh, the righteous will never be moved. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But what does that really mean? You know, because I think we're tempted at first blush to think, oh, well, that means, you know, he's going to deal with my problem. Whatever my problem is, whoever the betrayer is, God's just going to deal with them and I'm going to be fine and unscathed. That's not really what it means. You know, earlier today, uh, Pastor Gene and I were talking about some of these challenging situations and, um, you know, she made a good point just talking about, you know, look at Joseph. He was right in the middle of God's will, betrayed by his brothers, thrown in prison. That prison wasn't good enough, so he got thrown into a deeper, darker prison. And from the time he had this great promise from God, he ended up spending 13 years in prison after being sold into slavery by his actual literal brothers. So was Joseph ever moved? No, it doesn't seem like Joseph was moved, even in the midst of hardship. What about martyrs? You know, what about people who are faithful to the end? Did God let them be moved? No. I mean, you see certain things in Revelation, like he says, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. And that's right in the context of, you know, suffering, and you'll suffer for a little while, and so when we hear we'll suffer for a little while, we're thinking, and then our suffering will be over because God's taking care of it. He's saying, you're going to suffer for a little while and then die, and then I'll reward you because you'll be in my presence. So what does it mean that the righteous will never be moved? I guess maybe on the negative side, it doesn't mean we're not going to experience physical harm. It doesn't mean we won't experience hardship, maybe financial hardship, family hardships, vocational hardships. Doesn't mean that. Those are all the things we want it to mean. 
But those are all the things that it doesn't mean. But it does mean he will keep us in peace. Okay, no matter what happens in our circumstances, the enemy can't take our joy. He can't take our peace. He can't touch our heart. And that is the thing that God has taken control of in our life. That is the place where he dwells with us. And there's nothing the enemy can do to our heart. But God said he would give us peace. And I just want to briefly look at Isaiah 26, where there's a very familiar verse, but there's more than just that verse. I'd encourage you to read the whole thing. We're not going to read all of it. But just make a note of Isaiah 26, because this is, this is wonderful. He says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock for he has humbled the inhabitants of the height the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, cast it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. And he goes on, but I love that in verse three, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He gives us his peace when we do what it, it, it takes to cast our burden on him and keep our mind focused on him and stayed on him. That's when we experience that peace that he gives. He also will give us grace to endure. You know, Hebrews talks about praying and seeking his throne for grace to help in the time of need. He, he promised to give us the grace that we need. And he will. It doesn't mean he never promised to take us out of every situation. You know, Jesus said, in fact, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He has overcome the world and he gives us the grace to endure through no matter what situation. That's why Paul can say what he did in Philippians 4 about being content in every circumstance because God gives us the grace to endure. He also promised that he will, he will never leave us. He will always be with us. You know, we sing that song, Another in the Fire. We'd love to sing the song like, he took me out of the fire and he took me out of the sea. But, but that's not our song. You know, that's not the song of the people of God. Our song is there's another in the fire with us. That's the testimony of scripture and that's the testimony of our life. But that's a guarantee that he'll be with us in the fire and he'll be with us in the flood and it won't, it won't let us be burned. You know, when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it even, they, they didn't even smell like fire. I mean, there was no observable damage to their person from that whole ordeal. So it means that he will keep us in peace. It means he will give us grace to endure. It means he will be with us. And it means he'll welcome us home. Even if the betrayal does result in our death at some point or another, he'll welcome us home. Remember, those who endure to the end receive the crown of life. 
while we have great and, and amazing hope for this life and, and godliness and growth in Christ-likeness, this life is not the goal. Our goal is staying faithful. It's not about this life or the life to come. It's about staying faithful. The win is staying close to Jesus. That's how we can win, even if they take our life. It doesn't matter. And if we stay faithful and we lose our life in faith, it's still true that he will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's still true. So as we consider this Psalm of David here, I mean, really, we just focused on a couple verses here towards the end of it. We see very clearly it's about betrayal. It happens. We're going to experience those things. But intentionally cast your burden on the Lord and know that that's oftentimes a very rigorous process. It's not a one and done kind of thing. But when you do, the righteous will never be moved. He'll give you peace. He'll be with you through it all. Maybe he delivers you from the circumstance and praise God when he does that. It's wonderful. But even if he just sees you through the circumstance, do so in his grace and in his peace, knowing he was with you. Thanks for listening to our Wednesday night teaching podcast brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. Until next time, God bless you.